What is Theology on Tap? How do you reach and teach young adults in a post-Christian age? And is it wrong to drink beer while talking about Jesus? All that and more now on Theology on Air. Well, thanks for joining us. We are here every Thursday at 5 o'clock in the KPFT uh, HD2 studio. This is Theology on Air, and uh, I'm Evan McClanahan. I'm the pastor over at First Lutheran. I make them nervous every time I say that, and joined with two of the uh, the, the constant and persistent uh, and, and strong and wonderful hosts of Theology on Tap, a ministry in Houston that seeks to reach out and, and actually reach uh, young adults in a, in a truly a post-Christian age. I am joined by... Uh, Michael, Jar- Michael Jarbo of Memorial Drive Methodist Church and Sarah Stone at Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church. Did I get that right? As long as you're at Memorial Drive, I'm, I'm, I got that about Come right. Come to Memorial Drive, you'll find one of us. That's there right. you go. We're there. Okay, very good. <laughs> well, uh, we are we are going to be talking today. It's an origin story. Yeah. It's 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 like a Star Wars uh, Episode One, uh, only a lot better. Only. Well. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and, and with a much smaller budget, um, because we're not independently wealthy like George Lucas. But we are going to be talking about the origins of Theology on Tap. What is Theology on Tap, uh, which is now uh, in, you know, adding uh, Theology on Air as, a, as part, of our, part of our outreach and what we do. We're going to be talking about the greatest hits of Theology on Tap, the things that we got right, or really y'all got right since I'm the newcomer here, uh, and the things that maybe didn't go according to plan. And, that would uh, never happen at the LGN time. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we're going to be here talking about this. The number here, 713-526-8737. So if you want to call in and you, you do have a theological question, well, this would be a good day to do it because uh, someone in this room is certainly uh, to, to, to be able to answer the question. So 713-526-8737. We are on Facebook Live. Hello, Facebook Live. Hey, so uh, we, will try to, um, we will try to look over there and see if there are questions there as well. Uh, but of course, go to kpft.org to learn more about KPFT. KPFT, if you don't know, is community-sponsored listener, no, listener-sponsored community radio. Uh, that means that we get to talk for an hour with no commercials because we do fun drives, all you know, and, and, and we, we raise money uh, from our great listeners. So if you love KPFT and the content at KPFT and what KPFT can become and what it already is, go to kpft.org and, uh, and give as you can because we cannot do it without you. All right, Sarah Stone. Yes, Evan McClanahan. How did Theology on Tap get started? Who had this crazy idea? Um, And uh, what do you say to all the Christians who think that drinking is a horrible sin? No, go ahead. (laughs) I agree with them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, So Theology on Tap started when a guy named Andy Cunningham called me in the summer of 2015. And uh, we kind of agreed that several churches in that area had smallish young adult groups. We weren't like a booming mega church that had hundreds of people showing up. And But we thought if we combined our efforts and did something social that maybe involved beer and some nerdy theology stuff, because we were theology nerds, that maybe we could um, have some fun. People would enjoy right. it. So you got, got a couple and... of suitcases of Coors Light. Oh, well, craft beer. Oh, I, that, craft that's beer that's yeah. where I was going. That's we where I was going with that. We have good taste. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> no Miller Lights allowed. Now let's spend the rest of the show talking about what beers we've had and which was our favorite. No, Ooh. go ahead. No, go ahead. Oktoberfest yeah. is mine. Um, yeah. So we started in 2015, and it has morphed and grown since then. Michael Jarbo has been there from the beginning, um, and uh, we've had some 
really good stuff where we talk about relevant or controversial topics. We've had guest speakers. Um, we always have a chance for the people in the audience to text in their questions, like a large format discussion. We've also had some major failures. <laughs> Which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit tonight. Yeah. Well, so. you're 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 going to have failures in everything you do, so that's that's cool. No no worries. But um, I, actually, I mean, I've I've tried to reach out to young adults too, and then I went to your things. I was like, oh, and these people know how to do it. Uh, I'm such oh, a failure. Well, because uh-huh. we learned through doing it wrong <laughs> a few right. times. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you know, we we really striving to find commonality. We're all different churches. We all have young adult programs. Most of us do, and we're just like. Let's combine our forces together and work to do this, um, to have a conversation with one another. And it's been incredible to watch the the transformation of a, a bunch of our young adult groups across West Houston. And now, I mean, I, one of the things I love to do is I get to work the door a lot of times when folks come in and check in their, you know, where they're from. He's our bouncer. Is what he right. Uh, well, the velvet just, rope was a nice touch. Watch your, yeah, just watch your back. Yeah, um, right. Uh, I'm super intimidating, um, yeah. uh, but I love that. I like there. The list is goes on and on and on with different uh, people and different churches I, and I, people that don't go to church at all. Do you have yeah. the stat, Sarah, of like how many churches represented from theology and the last time I checked, it was close to a hundred. Yeah, I mean, wow. just from all over, yeah, um, Houston. And it's just incredible and beyond. And it's just incredible. People who drive in to come in and be a part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. So I've been so thankful. Yeah. For- and, and it really is people who, um, you know, you know, from a, from a lot of different points of view, uh, you know, liberal, conservative, unbelievers, believers. So, like, for example, a quick preview. Christmas, yeah. December 10th. Oh, I'm so excited. At Kindred here in Montrose uh, and uh, seven o'clock. And yeah. so it's like Christmas Mythbusters, right? So just mm-hmm. quickly say a little bit about that. So Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. We're going to have equal parts, atheists and uh, Jesus freaks, up at the front on the panel, uh, kind of debating amongst each other, but in a fun, charitable way, and then fielding questions from the audience about Christmas, quote, myths. So it could be anything from like the virgin birth that Christians believe in and kind of sounds crazy, or to <laughs> things like, uh, you know, was Christmas originally a Christian holiday? Spoiler, yeah. not really. We kind of stole some stuff. So yeah. we'll get into all of that. And well, I think that trivia. I think that whole Saturnalia thing is way over overdone. But <laughs> well, that's December 21st, isn't it? But whatever. That's the longest night. Yes. Well, there you go. Mm. Yeah. OK. But but as an example, but you guys have done stuff with, you know, believers. Right. Unbelievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done stuff where you've talked about some of the social issues. So why don't we do this? Why don't we um, talk about. Let's just go for the gusto here and yeah. talk about maybe the worst one. From your point of view, Michael, what mm. was like the one that really didn't work? We probably agree about this. I think we agree. So, I'll, yeah. so yeah, I'll take this this softball. As uh, well, you should. As a white man, happily married. <laughs> Spoiler. Oh, man. All right. So <laughs> oh, are we getting into uh, identity politics? Not, no, yeah, no, 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 okay. actually whoa, whoa, whoa. not. No. It was just uh, the third one. Ah, the third one. Um, we, you know, this, we were, again, we were just, just at the very beginning of our stages, and we, we decided to... Uh, um, find a theme together, and we were right near Valentine's Day. I don't think it was, it was maybe the day before. Oh, there's the date. It was the week before Valentine's week before Day. Before Valentine's yeah. Day. Look at this amazing list that, that Sarah provided man. with every single show and topic. Uh, have you heard of Spark Notes? Man, I just, this is like uh, my version <laughs> of Spark Notes. Um, throwback. Um, and on, on the third week, 
He rose from the no. Oh uh, my on, gosh. The, on the third, uh, the third uh, uh, theology on tap that we did, we did the subject on love. Now, here, you know here, that nice narrow topic, love. right? Right, yeah. love. Yeah, <laughs> right. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Well, he, everything we did. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we just got our panel as as we as we do. There's sort of an opening. Um, dialogue and then it breaks down to a panel and we just kind of noticed I, I did about <laughs> midway through uh, and then Meredith Wendy Mills who's also on our uh, kind of leadership team was it was one of the first ones she went to she went ah because our panel of five people were all white straight men who most of us got married uh, right out of college so 18 and a half 18 and a half right you know right. so and, and so um, we were all just experts on love yeah right mm. um, we, we, the the lack of diversity on the panel uh, showed in our <laughs> answers because well, it yeah. was just like we'd answer a question and everyone would be like, yeah. Well, uh-huh. Kate, well, I have to cut in here though because as the MC, who is a single woman, yeah. uh, it was We're funny. working on that. Yes. Uh, yeah. My number is 832. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so we had six, it was actually six gentlemen all happily married yeah. and most of the people in the audience were actually single. So probably I'd say easily 75% of the people in the audience were not married. So they would ask a question like, um, I don't know, like, how do you make love work over the long haul in an age where, I don't know, you have a quick fix or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all the men were like right down the line, and I'm emceeing this, right, are all down the line saying things like, oh, you know, my wife is just such a blessing to me. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful for them, but the rest of us out in the audience were kind of like, throw us a bone. I'm dying inside. Yeah, like, that's what we want, and tell we me, don't have it. Thanks for the painful me, reminder. T- just, just be honest and tell me your <laughs> eye wonders from time to time or something, yeah. but, you know, your wife is still more beautiful than uh, But uh, it, we learned from that, that's and right. we have evolved. We have evolved greatly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, including women on the panel. That's, Ayo. That's, that's, that's a shift. Yes. That's a shift. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, a healthy one. So yeah, it is it is kind of boring for like five guys then to talk about how great their marriage is and they all started young and that's what everyone should do. Yep. But you know, so like w- when you're talking about love, so here are all the possible things, right? You've got the whole same sex, you know, issues, right? So that has come up recently, mm-hmm. which we can we can get to that soon and we'll have our show about that soon. Yeah. Um and um you know, divorce, mm-hmm. adultery, mm-hmm. pornography. Um really cheery mood today. Yeah, well, I... I, I Divorce, <clears throat> pornography. <clears throat> Let's, uh, Everything well, and, wrong. And, and these things all tie in together. Anyway, um, but yeah, so... No, I'm just saying, though, that these are all parts of the love scene. Yeah. Like dating apps and swiping left and all that stuff. Yeah. And I don't know anything about that because that was before my time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Are you a happily married white male as well? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, what, what, what do you expect me well, to say? Well, congratulations. I'm happy yes. for you. My wife is miserable, but I'm, I'm oh, great. I'm fine. Oh, so. well... <laughs> Yeah. No, but um It's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but so that one didn't work out very well. Uh so what what's is there any others that maybe didn't go according to plan? I got a couple in my bag. All um, right, come on. So we did one one time called What I Hate About the Church Is and then it had a blank. Mm. And for this one, instead of having the young adult leaders, we had the head pastors of all the churches that represent the leadership team. Oh, I remember Our that. hope was that it would be a chance to really offer some kind of healing and apologies from the church mm. to people that it's kind of screwed over. Mm-hmm. And were people that have felt like the church abandoned them in their time of need, which is what really sometimes sends people away from the church. Right. So, I mean, we we were praying ahead of time. There's just going to be this beautiful time of, of healing and restoration. But it ended up, um, I think people maybe were uh, intimidated by having the head pastors there. I don't know. But they weren't really sharing kind of their real struggle with what mm-hmm. they actually hate about the church. Right. And 
We also may have had no naming of names, but the panelists themselves, at least one of them was overserved. No. Uh oh. Uh oh. So he was. Uh, no, was was he a happy drunk? Yeah. Oh gosh, so happy. The problem okay, was that they happy. kept all of them kept using the word authentic, which is a great word. Uh-huh. They definitely overused it, and people were texting in to me. I get all the texts when I'm the yeah. MC. Yeah. Um, and people kept saying, "Could they say authentic one more time?" So I decided to kind of make a joke about it as the MC, and then they just took it and ran as if it was a drinking game. People were bringing them beer. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't our shining moment, but ah, you know. Yeah. Onward and upward. Onward and upward. What about you? I know. Oh gosh, one one that um, and, and help me with and and, and help. Oh, we're me not going to say his name though. Ooh, of course, yeah. no. <laughs> we did one uh, faith in politics, which again, yeah. just such a a small category of conversation, <laughs> right? No, uh, and it was right during the 2016 election. If I'm if I'm right there, 2017. Well, there was. I mean, just the, the heat of the election was still yeah. pouring over. People were. Still and, uh, I think better. it still is. I think yeah, people are still well, mad about it. A, yeah. yeah, and so. Um, and kind of a conversation about voting and, and just really going to the two parties, Republican mm-hmm. and Democrat. And so you had a, a Republican Christian and a Democrat Christian, which already, you know, again, draws be- multiple lines in the sand. There are Democratic and Christians? They, Uh-oh, okay. Evan. Evan. Fourth tis, form. Tis. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> and um, There are Republican Christians? There you, you go. can't okay. save it now. <laughs> Well, he's, yeah. he's trying. Uh, no, no, but, but then, uh, well, then the Republican Christian kind of came up at the very end of his uh, sort of TED Talk-like opener conversation and said something along the lines of, uh, uh, if uh, if you love killing babies, vote Democrat and dropped the mic. Ah. Yeah. And so yeah. let's talk so, about the, the pro. And, yeah. and I think it was almost, I kind of stumbled out of his hands. He actually did drop the mic and walked away. Mm. And it was a... Uh, it was one of those times that it, so, well, it, he like left the stage. He left the stage. Yeah, it was dramatic. And, and, oh. Yeah, he well, must. Yeah. The, the anger must have been building. It wasn't, anger. which understandably, that's one second. of my passion issues too. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right, right, right. Pa- but passion mixed with uh, without resolving such a uh, loaded statement yeah. uh, left a lot of people really upset, and even told me I, I'm struggling wanting to come back to theology on tap. And so, and and it's been, and and a lot of them have come back. But we it ply was, them with beer so they come back after our mistakes. <laughs> right, you know? right. But, but drink like, responsibly, friends. But that's that's therein lies attention, right? Yeah. Is uh, and again, I don't think this guy happened to be drunk, but uh, the. Uh, fluidity of the conversation can sometimes lead us to say things, to make statements in loaded situations. Mm-hmm. And that's not our goal. Our goal is not to mic drop on different Christians. Right. Our, our goal mm-hmm. is to have a depth of conversation and disagree. And that was one of those moments where I was like, mm-hmm. I think we've allowed, uh, we've allowed, we, we, we've stretched that limit. Um, yeah. And just to, the little background on that, which we have, I think found our sweet spot at least in our best moments now, is we had had one shortly before then. I didn't realize till I was looking at the list today where all of the guests did so much qualifying before they actually got to the meat of what they were going to say about, well, and we all love Jesus and we all love each other, that by the time they actually got to the stuff they disagreed about, like everybody was asleep. So I mm. had told this person, we'll call him Max. I had said, Max, bring a little sass with you. Bring mm-hmm. a little fire. You know, <laughs> I think he brought uh, more than I, <laughs> well, <laughs> he brought, he brought a four alarm, um, Something natural like gas that. factory. So, uh, but we've, okay. we found, 
I think, the sweet spot where we can disagree about things. Even Michael and I disagree about some stuff charitably right. with a sense of humor, mm-hmm. um, knowing that at the end of the day, we might not vote the same way. We might not think about everything in our theology the same way, but we love each other and we love Jesus and we want other yeah. people to know about that. Yeah. So. I, I, there's this woman named uh, theologian named Diana Butler Bass who I love, and she talks about just trying to stray away from the 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 the, the conversation around right and left. We're always like, who's on the right? Who's on the left? Let's bring those candidates. And she's like, what we should be talking about in the church today is about a deep and shallow theology. Mm-hmm. And and what I love is that. Um, I, the best of time we're talking about the worst of times. The worst of times is when we go very shallow and, mm-hmm. and, and we stay kind of near the surface and don't really get down into the, the depth of the theological topic at hand. And so I, I think these, I like these rough times that we've gone through, um, uh, that, not rough times, but these, these, mm-hmm. these times we're like, ah, I wish we could change that have helped us to see, okay, what we need to do to go deeper. And that is be more intentional about the way that we're, kind to one another and the and the depth of diversity that's also on the panel yep. yeah you're listening to theology on air this is a new venture here at kpft for us uh we're here every thursday from 5 to 6 p.m central time if you're listening via the podcast and if you want to call in uh we'll we'll be here every thursday at five o'clock uh, central time uh, at 713-526-8737 you can call in right now because we are actually live right now on the air hey, hey. 713-526-8737 we'd love to hear from you um, you know, one of the things, though, about sort of doing apologetics or outreach, you know, or evangelism is that um, it's really easy to uh, to not want to engage with people who don't already agree with you. Right. Um, you, you can quickly see them as the enemy or you can kind of see it quickly as a waste of time. Um, so it, it, it actually I don't I don't think it is easy to know exactly like how you can work together. Like what you're afraid of is that you're going to compromise your values, basically, right? So, like, if I do a ministry with people that I know disagree with me, you know, the question is, well, is there a greater good that I'm getting out of this because different points of views, or is my point of view just getting watered down and mm-hmm. lost? And so, in general, like in the radio world and the podcast world, where there is a ton of Christian apologetics, and you know, really in the podcast world, they they call them radio, but they're not actually radio. Um, anyway, it's a podcast. That's a different medium. But anyway, um, this is an actual radio show. I'm, I'm proud of that. So, but, um, you know, in, in that world, they can create their target audience. It's an echo chamber. It's like-minded it's people. Yeah. yeah. And, and that kind of is how radio kind of works too. So at, you know, KPFT, it's community radio. It's a whole bunch of different people with a whole bunch of different points of view. So our goal here, I think is the same, which is, you know, no, we don't all agree, but we do want to get different kinds of people in the room and different kinds of people mm-hmm. listening. Um, and we want to be honest. So, yeah. yeah. So for the record, I don't mind a little conflict from time to time. So, <laughs> And neither do we. Yeah. I mean, and I think partly what we've been talking about is a way for everybody to have a voice and have your side, as it were, heard. Um, and I don't think that people are coming in and having their minds changed, but I do think they're appreciating something different when it's done really well. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about some of the times that it was done well then. Yeah. Because we, 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 the, we hit some low lights, uh, <laughs> which, I mean, honestly, those aren't that low, you know? I you mean, it could have gone a lot worse. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, so man. good. It's all right. Uh, well, maybe y'all just tell, tell the story so well, so. All right. But, but give me an example like when it worked well, like when you thought, um, oh. 
I think a couple of them that come to mind. One, the first one where I think we kind of hit our stride was when we had a guy named Jerry Walls, who I think has been on this program before. Mm-hmm. He's a smarty pants. He and I don't see eye to eye and everything, but I love him. And I think he's very wise. Came and talked about why is there suffering in the world? Mm-hmm. If there really is such a thing as God, if God is good, if he's loving, if he's powerful, then why is there cancer and earthquakes and all those sorts of things? Uh, he did a great job of giving kind of a philosophical discussion in like 15 minutes right and then the conversation that happened around it was really rich so that was one of my favorites and i feel like that helped us kind of hit some of our stride but then just on a personal note one of the ones that i loved was we did one shortly thereafter about uh other quote other religions yeah um so we had somebody represented um representing hinduism judaism and islam And I got the chance ahead of time to meet all of those leaders. I got to sit in the same room with the Hindu teacher and his wife, and they served me all kinds of delicious Indian food. And then I got to spend hours with this Muslim family learning all about Islam and actually becoming friends with them and then later getting invited to their Quran study. Like, Mm. that was just really cool for me. And that night was fun. Oh, such a good night. The panel was great. And cordial and yeah. the conversation was great the rabbi that was there what was her name again laura laura Shankoff. gosh she was so great it just it, and then and then did we have the um uh from um uh oh gosh the sort of the ecumenical group here in town oh, interfaith ministries interfaith gregory Han. oh gosh sorry gregory we love apologize him. brother mm. i <laughs> i love you i owe you a meal yeah gregory Han was there it was just it was a good conversation that night yeah that, that um High point for sure. Yeah. I liked uh, our conversation on race in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think we did a, a a really good job of allowing a panel to be diverse. I, I love that we had uh, Reverend Irv White mm-hmm. uh, from a church out, in the, a Methodist church out on the west side of, of town come in. And he shared his perspective. I think Irv is in his late 50s, early 60s, and was able to share um, sort of about the civil rights and his experience. And Christian Washington, who you you and I both love from Chapelwood and Upper Room, did such a wonderful job explaining his experience. I mean, he grew up also in L.A. and uh, was there with a bunch of the riots that happened there with the police. And so sharing those experiences and also being a black man working in Piney Point and Hunter Hunter's Village is, is a challenge. And he shared those honestly. And so I think the honesty of that night is why one of my highlights was there. And it even kind of made folks feel a little uncomfortable, but not like a, a icky uncomfortable, like a... No, like a waking up uncomfortable. Yes. I remember, right. I didn't know before Tamla Wilson talked about touching black people's hair. Yeah. I didn't mm. know that was a thing. And now I know. What I about mean, it? Like, don't do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Or okay. maybe ask first. Yes. Yeah, so, like, yeah. my nephew, I can snuggle with him and whatever. But you don't go up to a stranger, right? And be like, I love your hair. Can I touch it? That's mm. weird, you know. Sure. Um, my wife is a redhead, and she said she was in China for four months teaching English, and and they would all come up and touch her hair because they don't oh, see redheads funny. very often. So yeah. Well, but, it's just so important that our worldview is different than others, and we have to remember our being. Our so Michael Jarbo's worldview is mm-hmm. different than um, so many others, and and you can move into conversations around privilege and around power, and those are important conversations to have in uh, the worlds that we live in, and to acknowledge that, and to acknowledge it even weaves into our theology as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a lot of people, that was an in- it was an intro class in a way of saying, oh man, or, or at least that ch- that first prick of like. Ah, what what can I do differently? How can I be more aware? Yeah. And so 
I think that was also the one where Oscar got up and said, Oscar Villanueva used to be on our, um, was on the panel. And uh, he said, how many of the churches you go to have like a daughter church that maybe is like a Spanish speaking congregation? Remember this? And he's like, do you know any of those people? And it was like a pin drop in the room. It was like, yeah. oh, we don't. Oh, but we've got a Spanish speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can fly that flag the... proudly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that no, was. Nothing paternalistic was about that at all, right? <laughs> yeah. We give them money. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So. Well, cool. Well, yeah. I mean, y'all, y'all have done a great job, I think, of, of bringing different people together. Right. Um, like like the interfaith one. One of the one of my things about interfaith. So when I was in seminary, they would have interfaith conversations and it would be like Muslim, Buddhism, Hindu or something. And we'd go to different places and experience different things. But the takeaway was that we all believe in one God. Now, that happens not to be my position. Yeah. And I don't think that's particularly helpful um, interfaith dialogue. Yeah. I think it actually is a very uh, it's it, you know, I think universalism uh, is, is, for example, a. a um, it kind of is a theory. It's kind of a privileged position, actually, because you're, you're, it's almost like you're saying, well, I believe yeah. that there is only one God. Well, then you're, in, you're imposing your belief about God on Muslims who do not believe that. They do not believe that Muslims and Christians right, worship like, the same God. Right, like, Allah is not the same as your... Yeah. You know, we mentioned Gregory Hahn, and I hope I don't misrepresent him. Greg, if you're listening, I hope I'm saying this right, but he has done such a great job when he gets up in front to speak to mixed groups he'll say things like we have so much to learn from each other and so much richness in in each of our faiths and yet they're not the same let's not try to pretend that they are and let's not try to meld them into the same thing that takes something of the truth and beauty of each of them away right um there's things you can learn and you can disagree and you can walk away saying i don't believe that's true um but i can still honor that person's story and um and that's something i really enjoy about him he needs to come on here so all we'll right, get him we'll, on. Add, we'll put yeah. him on the list. No yeah. doubt. Yeah, we're back. We're backlogged already into like April, so you know. <laughs> but um, cool. Well, what's what's kind of what do you think is kind of the future for theology on tap? Bigger, better. Oh, we're gonna more be controversy. And rich and people. Uh, no, leave our jobs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Yeah, well, we, we just have to listening. figure out. I was like, yeah, don't say that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. The, the word monetize needs to be worked in here at some point. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. But I mean, you know, there's an indefinite number of things to talk about, right? Oh, so. man. Yeah. I mean, we've got ideas that would take us years to to finish up and um, hence the radio show. So we can help maybe yeah, fill in some of those some gaps of that and, here. But yeah. we like I said, in Christmas time, we're doing this Christmas Mythbusters. And then we do this every other month. And so in February, we're going to come back and talk about transhumanism, which is kind of that whole Black Mirror stuff. Our AI mm-hmm. is going to take over. Mm-hmm. That should be really interesting. Yeah, for um, sure. So, yeah, it's not so it it's not just religious things. I mean. I think in general, um, like if you if you're if you're a Christian, right, and you actually want to reach people who don't know that, because that's really kind of the goal, right? I mean, it's, it's to one ed- of them. Yeah, it's it's to edify Christians, like you know, so that Christians that's who come a super to these Christian Christian, word, edify. Uh, uh, um, it's to uh, it, you know, Encourage. educate, Just, you know, build up, whatever. Build up, oh, yeah. That's... Um, I think Paul said something about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, but so it's to help Christians in their walk of faith and their journey. Someone here has a church named Journey. That's right. Well, yeah. that's it. Okay. Yeah. Gu- guilty as charged. Okay, and um, and so uh, it's okay. Mine is called First Lutheran. <laughs> we were the first ones here. Like we planted that flag, baby, in Houston in 1851. Bam, we win. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know what I was talking about. No, you were that's talking. Okay. About, you were talking about just the changes in uh, theology on tap. I think one thing that's not going to change is that there will be great 
craft beer served. Yes. Okay, very uh, good. That, that there will be... But, like, the conversation cannot stay the same. It always has to be changing. We, yeah. we are in the most diverse city in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Houston has so much shift and change that's going to happen. And we are proud to hopefully be the... Um, the space where Christians who are discerning their faith and wondering or questioning even yeah. can come to find a space uh, that might be um, a little more, a little less intimidating than Sunday mornings mm-hmm. uh, with a definitely usher. more approachable. Yeah, we want to continue to be the most approachable place for Christians to come right. in the city. So we've got work to do still. We know we, we haven't reached the pinnacle, but we've got work to do, and um, we're excited about doing it. I mean, the market is literally like unlimited, right? Sure. I mean. There are what a million young people in Houston. So, um, and 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 how many are Christian? What are what are the what are the statistics these days on say millennials or zillennials or zennials or whoever whatever Don't hurt they're yourself. called? Yeah, uh, you know, on on like church attendance, and you know, it's not just about church attendance. I don't want to reduce it to that, but I mean, it's pretty grim out there in terms it's not great. of yeah, yeah, participation. People so, calling themselves one of the quote nons, non Christian, atheist, agnostic, um. Other spiritual, that's a big one. Yeah. I'm on the dating scene and I see that one a lot on dating apps. Spiritual, but not religious. Mm. Um, what does that great. mean, by the way? Have you learned that then? I mean, From- I think it means they're open to some kind of energy outside of themselves, but uh, beyond that, they're not going to say. Yeah. It's pretty similar to that. And that's actually a very hard group to reach, right? Because, you know, they're, they won't be not pinned down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. that's the thing is that a lot of people, uh, so one of the ones that we did was about homosexuality. Like, what do Christians have to say about that? What do we think God or the Bible has to say about that? And I think we had a lot of people that came in that night just out of sheer curiosity. Like, what are these crazy Christians going to say now? You know? Um, And I think that happens from time to time on some of the other topics too. People that definitely, it's not just that they wouldn't quote, go to church. It's that they don't believe that any of this is really real, but they're definitely curious about where the conversation is going. Yeah. And then there's beer there. So. Yeah. That's it. And I find like a, a <laughs> beer. It. There's or, food too, by the there way. There is food. food. Yeah, yeah, really good food oh, usually. Egg, yeah. yeah. Egg rolls one time I was like dicing up a... Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm like, remember when that? the Muslims yeah. brought the samosas? Oh my... Uh, we need to have them back. So good. Anyway, We go do ahead. need to have them back. <laughs> Are we on the panel? Uh-uh. Just need your samosas. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. But I was going to say beer or root beer is like the equalizer uh, yeah. for the conversation when you have a, uh, something in your hand that you can just... I don't know. There's just like this ease of tension. There's still yeah. tenuous moments, but there's this ease of tension when you walk in like saying, ah, what, what, whatever we all believe in. We all uh, believe in beer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's our new tagline, Evan. Yeah. Oh my God. Whatever well, we believe in. We by all the way, let me beer. say this. You sure. said at the beginning as a joke something about um, can Christians drink? And I yeah. know that was a joke, but just in case there are Maybe. listeners that this is the thing I'm discovering that a lot of people, especially outside of Christendom, think that a lot of Christians think that. And I have found that most of the Christians I talk to, not all, most of the Christians I talk to follow this kind of line. There's nothing wrong with drinking. There's definitely mm-hmm. something wrong with being drunk and mm-hmm. kind of losing your mind. But uh, there's a lot of verses in the Bible that talk about drinking and making the heart glad. And wine is kind of a symbol of joy and life and mm-hmm. renewal in the Bible. So we are pro good craft beer and wine. Paul, and those Paul straight up straight up tells Timothy to drink it for your stomach ailment. You know, so my stomach's hurting. Right I know now. my, my, my stomach is really man. Oh, yeah, medicine. so much yeah. pain. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean the water into wine and uh Oh yeah, you, you that, know, I mean th- that there's, happened. Yeah, <laughs> it has something to do with the logo as well, so. Sure. Uh, but no, I mean obviously uh, actually that one of the, you know, 
maybe one of our future shows could be about like pot or something Ooh. because I, I I think that that's harder. Be- my, and my argument against pot is that you don't smoke a joint to not get high, but you can drink a beer and not get drunk. So, mm. I, I, but people, you know, I've never <laughs> I know smoked that, pot. Mm, from so, Michael Jarbo. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't All know right. if I. Agree. And then, and, well, then it's a, well. and then people argue like, oh well, yeah, but it says right here in 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 Second Thessalonians that everything God made, He said was good, or something, or everything in the earth is good, or some. I don't know what the verse is, but it's like, well, yeah, well, okay, then opioids are are good because they come from the well, earth too. Well, have you ever had back pain? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> We've we're, derailed. We're, We've derailed. Actually, gone. no, no. We're actually, we're going to just through. pot. Yeah. We'll see you next week. No, but really, I, I still I, at Kindred. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, we all look to the pastor from Kindred sitting in the corner. Um, no, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I, there are limit. We, we, we actually don't encourage drunkenness. I mean, we, we, we do want to say that. Right. But, but I, what, what would you say are the challenges to reaching young people? Would you say? I mean, right. So, like, we, oh, yeah. we, we really do want, you know people to believe that Jesus is Lord, to come to let him, maybe is the wrong word, but we want him to be the Lord of their life and and to live in his path. Now, we might interpret what his path looks like differently, but I would say for now, that's what we all want. So what are the, you work with young adults, what yeah. what, what are the barriers? What do you hear? Yeah. And is it, and is it, are they honest? This is, this is my issue. Like, are they honest critiques of the Christian faith? Have they really been treated wrongly? Or is it just a matter of like, well, we basically want to smoke pot and play video games and be left alone, and we're not going to listen to you? I honestly think it's a lot less of that. I, The people that I interact with, so I work a lot with people that are on the edge of faith. I lovingly call them my fringies. Some of them might be listening now. Hi, fringies. So on the fringe of faith, right? They're not believers. Maybe they're dipping the toe back mm. in the water of church kind of stuff. I think most of them have legitimate reasons for not wanting to buy into this whole Team Jesus thing. And I think it comes from a couple things. One, I think uh, I, I have this metaphor that I don't know if I made this up or I stole it from somebody. But um, you know how when you finally have a good version of a certain cuisine, like you finally have really good sushi mm. and then you realize all along you've been having bad sushi and that's mm. why you weren't a fan of sushi. But then you have good sushi and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is what I'm going to eat the rest of my life. You're not talking think, about H-E-B, are you? Well, because so I love their sushi, ATB, right? But yeah. then you go uh, to Uchi. Soma or yeah. something. I don't know. Oh yeah, um, I can't afford those places. Gotta what are you talking uh, about? All day happy hour, Sunday and Monday. Yeah. Okay, make, make anyway. it work, Evan. Yeah, of, co- of course, because the fish okay. shipment comes in on Tuesday. So of course, Ooh. Sunday, Monday. Okay, we've um, hit a nerve. No, we've hit a nerve. <laughs> your metaphor is beautiful. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. So, sushi and Jesus. I please. think that people haven't had the real Jesus yeah. or the good sushi. So I think a lot of times what they're rebelling against or what they're done with is some concept that they. They've heard like, yeah. well, if you're a Christian, it means you can never have sex or you can never have fun or you can never drink or whatever. So I think that's one of them. And then I think another one is just an age of relativism that says everybody has their own truth. You have yours. And that's lovely for you mm-hmm. that you believe Jesus was like a real guy who actually came back from the dead. And, oh, that's mm-hmm. sweet. You know, and that you need that for your life. Right. But I don't. And some of them up to this point haven't felt like they really do need it. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously believe that they do but um so i think those are two things right that yeah. not having kind of a real idea of what real christianity is and then kind of this like everybody can do their own thing and it all works and it's fine sure yeah. and i think the church has caused a lot of damage and pain yes and there are people that walk in limping and wounded theologically mm-hmm. and they come in and sit down and the hope is that they can they might hear things that, that reminds them of their 
pain, which is not what we hope, but mm-hmm. it, but then they might hear something different or mm-hmm. vi- or vice versa, right? And so the you're not hearing just one thought mm-hmm. and just saying deal with it. Mm-hmm. The the diversity of thought uh, and experience is what I think theology on tap has the edge on. Uh, in the church uh, from just a regular Sunday yeah. morning worship service is that yeah. you get the, maybe not the full, full, but a, a really great um, buffet mm-hmm. of, yeah. to keep with the food image, a great buffet <laughs> of different experiences. Yeah. Um, so that's, totally that's why I really value that. Yeah. There's a metaphor that a friend of mine named John Hopper came up with where he talks about um, uh, if you have a bunch of kids that hang out and some of them tell stories about how they were attacked by a dog or bitten by a dog or scared by a dog. If you hear enough of those stories as a kid, even if you haven't been hurt by a dog, that you will maybe be scared of dogs. Mm-hmm. And Christianity and or the church, rather, is kind of the same. Sometimes you've just heard so many of your friends tell stories about the church, like not being there for them when they went through their divorce or um, being judgmental when mm-hmm. they were questioning you know, they asked questions and they got really crappy answers back. Can I say mm. that on live? Uh, crap is fun. Crap, yes. cool. Yes. Uh, what about the following words? <clears throat> I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, and so that maybe our job as people at Theology on Tap as Christians is just to be the, quote, friendly dog. Be mm. the thing that they think is scary and just show them that it's not scary. You can drink yep. craft beer and you can make fun of each other like Michael yep. and I do. And and it's cool and it's fun and it's normal. And, and then maybe they, there's a, okay, well, now I'm listening, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, one of my, yeah. So my concern about the younger generation is because I'm like the old man, get off my lawn guy is that they're, <laughs> you know, they're just, you know, they just don't care about anything, but that's not true. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they, they care about a lot of things and so they, much passion. They, yeah. they, they care about ultimate things. Um, and they might even hashtag about them from time to time. So, um, oh my yeah. Gosh, so much cynicism in your voice. Uh, well, <laughs> No, I, I'm just trying to be snarky. That's all. Um, but yeah, it's like, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's a hard group to reach. So yeah, yeah. If you can get them to even listen, yeah, I think, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. But I just don't know about equating myself with a dog. That's the only thing. I, I gotta, know. I got to work on that. Are you willing to make that sacrifice for Jesus? Yeah. So I think think <laughs> is what I'm asking. Exactly. So when I think about, so I don't think Hollywood helps. Now, where I'm going with this is how many good descriptions of like the kind of Christianity that we would want to embody are out there on television, Oof. right? Very few, right? So I think about like John Lithgow and Footloose. Like he is the archetype. He's yeah, the yeah, preacher yeah. The who mean, doesn't allow dancing, right? Pastor. You know? Yeah. Wow. And that's kind of what everyone thinks. I mean, a lot of people think Christianity is. So I don't know if that's something we have to break down. Now I'm kind of like John Lithgow was right all along, you know, see what happened when he started dancing. Oh my gosh. You know, and then he started going to the raves and he started dr- dropping ecstasy and everything like that. But Did he- we watched different footless. Like, <laughs> I thought footless. it was mostly about dancing. That was about dancing. <laughs> no, but but it doesn't. He tell people not to dance. He right? does. Yes, yeah. he's curmudgeonly and yeah. right and legalistic. And yes, so I do yeah. think some people think that about churchy yeah. people. But and like, some churchy people are that way. Or even like the minister in uh, the Princess Bride, right? Marriage, yeah. true. Uh, just he's boring. Like, yeah, he's yeah. boring. Yeah, or yeah. yeah, or dumb or slow. And it's just yeah. sort of this. Yeah, it it. Or the or the priest in uh, Spaceballs. There you you lost me there. Prince. He says, there you go. I'm like, I yeah, wasn't nothing. he the old guy marrying Prince Valiant That's and what's right. her name? Yeah. Maybe we should do a whole show on like bad Hollywood pastors or bad oh, Hollywood gosh. priests. Oh, come on. And we could do that one with um, Edward Norton and Ben Stiller where they fall oh, in love with the Doc same girl. Ma- no. Leap oh, of Faith. Now- Yes. I think it's Leap I'm just of saying faith. random words. Yeah, he's a Catholic priest and then the other and Ben Stiller's a rabbi. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Shabbat but, shalom. But yeah, but it, it it's rarely uh 
but the kind of public understanding or or I mean, you also have this like thing where probably five percent of church life is depicted in ninety five percent of Christian media. Right. So think about like Joel Osteen. OK, mm-hmm. so really, yeah, it's a big church. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a it's only one church in, say, Houston or America. Yeah. And yet he sort of dominates the the podcast world and the television world. And, yeah. you know, he's he, you know, and, and you could give lots of examples like that. So that's what people know of Christianity. It's like, oh, oh, Christianity. Oh, well, that Joel Osteen guy, he's a fraud. He drives yeah. a Bugatti. And, well, you know, either Joel Osteen or they think that everybody's Catholic. Yeah. Um, because the Catholic Church is big and that has, is part of it. I, one thing we didn't say at the beginning of this when we were describing how this whole thing got started is, um, so this, the word denomination, I don't know if everybody knows that, but that's like different parts of the Protestant Church, right? Um, that believe slightly different things, but all agree on some kind of core things. We have several denominations represented in the leadership of this. So we've got like Michael Jarbo's in the Methodist Church. I'm Presbyterian. We've got some Baptists. Evans Lutheran. Um, we've got some non-denominational voices and on it goes. Um, in fact, if I may go back to an earlier question, one of my least favorite theology on taps mm. and maybe one of Michael's favorites. Well, maybe not. Come on. Uh, so we had been getting a lot of questions about, uh, well, what do you guys actually believe differently? Like among the panel of itself. And uh, so we decided to do one on predestination, something like that. But it was it was bigger, right? Like Presbyterian slash reformed theology. That's kind of, you know, that word for that camp versus but not really versus because we love each other. But Mm. Methodist or the fancy word there would be Mm -hmm. Arminian, that theology. And so we each had someone come and kind of represent us. um, And. The Presbyterians got our heinies handed to us oh. because they brought in the bishop and he was this lovely, compelling man. Oh, who's just been teaching that for yeah. 30 plus years. Like, I wanted what? to be Methodist when I left there. Oh, good. oh the Methodist bishop of, I'm kidding. of, 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 of this area. Of Houston, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Bishop yeah. Jones. Bishop oh. Jones. Hey, bishop sweet Jones. man. Yeah. Um, I brought in a radar. Theology, but it was so good. They did so well and we just kind of walked out with our tail. It's like it's like when you're playing church softball and like the other the other church has like a major league baseball player on their team and yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, That's just not it was something like that. But uh but it was fun and it's funny to joke about now. But there is like kind of a representation from across um different sort of quote party lines within Christendom. Yeah. So I want to go back to one of the questions then that was one of the bad the bad episodes or the bad uh whatever evenings okay where, where you had the senior pastors yeah and um, and they were to talk about because there's like three of us right here so we could do it right and we could maybe get it right um they were asked what was the question though like what 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 does the church do wrong or what's well, bad the, about the name church? of the whole thing is what i hate about the church is blank. okay okay and we even had people write it down ahead of time so they could be like really 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 anonymous mm. yeah and then text in but i mean people didn't really go the direction we kind of thought they were going to okay but but, but by the way let me say too you're listening to theology on air we're here every thursday at five o'clock on kpft's hd2 channel call in anytime by the way 713-526-8737 i will do my best to look over there see that bright red flashing light for line one but 713-526-8737 is the number we got about 15 minutes or so but yeah so what either so were the senior pastors to say what they hated about church or were no. people to say what they hated and then yes. the pastors were to kind of offer I hear your pain or so 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 yeah. what kind of things did people write in Oh my gosh that's so long ago Evan you did not tell me you were going to ask that question Sorry. I don't remember Yeah um 
Well, what kind of things would people hate about church? Let me guess. Judgmentalism. Judgmentalism is a big one. I mean, that's got to be big, right? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. I think Mm -hmm. hypocrisy was a a theme. So what does hypocrisy really look like in the church? Because I kind of defend hypocrisy. You know, you defend it. Okay, in this sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need some context, okay, there, bro. The only way you can be a hypocrite is if you have actual values to, that you are trying to attain, and you don't measure up to them. You know. Mm. Now, granted, there's like bad forms of hypocrisy where you blatantly violate and lie about your own principles, right? Like you say, you know, adultery is wrong. You leave the building and you go, you know, have adultery. But to a degree, we're all hypocrites because we yeah. all have higher values than we live up to. Yeah. I mean, the Ten Commandments alone would suffice to, you know, to say Put that those are... Shame. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I... I so, s- sometimes the the accusations of hypocrisy are completely fair, and more than fair, you know. Um, I think, like, the, again, the word of faith, like prosperity gospel pastors who live in extravagantly wealthy homes and all... I, I think it's sick. I really... I, th- yeah. I think that is hypocrisy on display. Mm. But I think that a person... Uh, I think that a person... Uh, you know, preaching forgiveness who has a moral failing isn't 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 a terrible hypocrite, I guess. So, well, I think I, I, maybe that's more philosophical, and I'm thinking more practical. But I'm thinking yeah. of things like, like I mentioned earlier, I'm on the dating scene, and you hear guys at church in like discussion groups in Sunday school say things like talking about like holy living and wanting to be honorable and have integrity, and Maybe some of them, not all of them. And I think mm-hmm. the guys at my church don't fall in this category. They're my friends. Of course not. But, but I think you find that they are the same ones that are on the dating apps acting like disgusting dogs. Like yeah. being ugly to women, exploiting women, trying yeah. to have a one night stand, trying to just hook up as, as, in that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not so much that they are just really trying to live up to the values and not. It's that they're saying fake things on the front end. Yeah. And it's sounding believable. Yeah. Or just the idea. I mean, like, then we go, uh, Full circle back to that love conversation, right? Love God, love people, right? And the, the, some of the greatest commandments, right? Mm-hmm. That Jesus teaches us. And so then what is, what is love exactly? Mm-hmm. And what does the church, love? okay, sorry. baby, don't hurt. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for that, Sarah. We'll be here no, all week. No, but like, yeah, yeah. what, so like, how far do you go with love? Uh, do you put conditions around love? Mm-hmm. Uh, the church, the church, some churches seem like they do. And so that, that level of hypocrisy, if, if Jesus came to teach, truth and love then how do you function when there are churches who don't welcome people uh because of who they are yeah. um that sort of like you don't yeah right practical stuff yeah like yeah. very baseline stuff yeah. like you told me that you love me and when i came out of the closet i don't feel that love mm-hmm. so what do, what do i how do i navigate that and in in my denomination that's a and all denominations have struggled um, in that yeah, in that regard, with that's a big conversation, yeah. right? So hypocrisy to that level, like, and I think that night people were looking for these senior pastors to sort of be that. Um, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm here. Let me know what we can do to help, and we're going to strive to be better. Yeah, in yeah. This church, and it they did kind of. They were willing to. I, I the night just didn't go the way that we. Well, thought, again, so. yeah. yeah, early on. But like, but what would we say, right? So like, you know, um, you know. I, I I mean so because part of what a pastor has to do or a church has to do is there are certain lines you have to hold sure. like there are boundaries of what we consider Christian orthodoxy or the living out of the gospel or the social contract or whatever that we agree to so um so it's like I mean just just to push that point a little bit we're gonna agree we're gonna disagree charitably here is that okay yeah okay so like um so like what what does it mean if someone comes to to me and says you weren't 
you said that you were welcoming, but you weren't totally. What what are they? What do they mean when they say welcoming? Do they mean I have to affirm their sexual sexuality and their their sexual choices in every way? That's the only way that I I will meet their standard of being welcoming. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That that to me isn't fair to me. You know, mm. now they've come into the church and they've said, "This is my standard of right living. You better meet it, or you're going to be unwelcoming and you're going to be a hypocrite." And I'm saying, I don't think I'm being a hypocrite. I think I'm being faithful to what my Lord has taught. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think it goes both ways. Right. A little bit. I mean, now that said, uh, I'm certain that there have been many LGBT people, persons who have been treated horribly by churches through the years. That was unwarranted and unnecessary. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, a, a lot of times in what you, in what you just said, I heard a lot of my and I, and is, and I think that's part of the, the, um, it's part of the Christian faith is that for, to a degree, we all form our opinions on this ancient book that we have the best representation of who God is. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's it, some, there's some questions I have that, aren't fully answered from the book. And I still, mm-hmm. I, I have to make some decisions on my own that come with reason, tradition, experience, the scriptures, right. That help to paint that image for me. And it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't read the Bible the same way I did when I was 18. Thank God. I, I wish I read the Bible a little bit more like when I was 10, but mm-hmm. like I, I am, I am a, a constant work. And, my understanding of God looks a lot different than Sarah's, than my friend Jamal, who works on the south side of Chicago as a pastor, than Ashley, who's in the room, than you, Evan. And mm-hmm. and we're all striving to find and understand, in my opinion, um, it's hard to know what God is really saying when we're not actually God. Yeah. And so I think we all take our best stabs at it and... um. I don't know. And maybe yeah, I hear you. And feel, feel, feel free to push well, back. And this and is it. what the next podcast is going to be about, I think. Is that correct? It's one of the next couple that's coming is kind of different ways of right. looking at interpreting scripture and how the heck do we know what it really yeah. means? That'll be good. Well, and th- yeah, I mean, that's, and I think that really is at, at the heart of, you know, a lot of the disagreements in the church is, are, are you know, there, there are somewhere between what you might call hyper literal right. and completely metaphorical right. are like, you know, varieties of how you understand the Bible, right? So it's like, um, you know, so it just as a kind of a spoiler though, right? So like hyper literal would say definitely six days of 24 hour creation. Sure. Uh, definitely Job was a, a real person. Jonah was a real person. Adam and Eve were historical persons. I mean, just to hit the touch, you know, the, 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 the touchy things. <laughs> um, and then the metaphorical would say everything is metaphorical. Um, all those stories are metaphorical. All of them are life lessons. Mm. Uh, Paul wrote for himself. That's a Paul is obviously a big, a big touching point. So since we get so much of our theology from Paul and so on and so forth. So, um, or actually just like last week, Doug Paget was in town for a debate oh. and he had this like whole theory about how the old Testament is literally a, a, a conflict between the priests who want things to go a certain way and the prophets who are always advocating for change and the prophets win. And I'm like, I've never heard that theory before, but I'm, I, whatever. I'm sure it's out there. Sounds uh, like uh, flag football teams. Yeah. Priests and prophets. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, Jesus is on the prophetic side of that. And, you know, he's against the priests. And I think they're, they go together. You know, that's kind of, you know, the priests were ordained by God and the prophets were ordained by God. And, yeah, there's maybe some 
you know, back and forth on that. But anyway, but that was kind of, as an example, that was his theory. But we want to end every show by asking, um, it's kind of your favorite thing about Christianity. Yeah, like your your favorite and least favorite parts of Christianity. Yeah, and so Sarah knew about this ahead of time. Yeah. So she's going to go first, and Michael can kind of think about it. We we have a few minutes, so, you know. And we never even got to talk about hell. Well, oh, oh, hell. Well, wait, well, I asked you what your what your favorite ones are. Was hell one of your favorites? It wasn't, but we had a lingering question. You know what? We'll get to it another time. Oh, I didn't know we had a lingering question. It's all good. We have time. We we have eight minutes. Okay, well. Tell me about hell. I thought maybe we could give you guys a little like quick version of how we charitably, maybe not disagree, but kind of talk through things. One of the questions that had come through on our last Theology on Tap, which is about spirits and angels and demons and ghosts and goblins and that kind of thing. This is around Halloween. Uh, One of the questions that came in, I think Michael Jarbo and I disagree about, but I think if we talk it out a little bit, we might realize we don't disagree quite so much. The question that came in was, if I don't believe in hell or the devil, can I still be a Christian? Mm. And the panelists said both things. Some panelists that answered said, no, you can't be a Christian. And some said, yeah, of course you can. Um, And I think I probably quickly would have answered no. And would you have quickly answered Yes, do you I don't think? know. Not quickly. Well, yeah, but, yeah. I would dive I into how maybe you would have answered that <laughs> in like oh, thirty seconds. In thirty seconds, yeah. Well, I just, um, I, I mean, I, I lean towards yes because, like, again, it, it's that question of, and I, I probably I said this on the panel a while back. Like, what are your must-haves yeah. on the on your faith table? Yeah. Like, if if things fall off, if. Uh, you know, uh, if Adam and Eve weren't real, weren't real people, is that going to mess up my belief in God? I, I uh, no, not not necessarily. Right. Not necessarily. If Jonah wasn't real, does that mm-hmm. push comes to shove? No, right? Jesus die on the cross, right? Yes, like, ding, yeah, ding, ding. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go there. <laughs> and so for me, when I when I understand my my ability of my belief in God, uh, uh, that line of whether there is a, a an actual hell uh, is blurred because I'm not God. Thank God I'm not God. I thank God and, for that and, too. Right. Thanks. Thanks, Sarah. Um, uh, if you were, I'd be a lot every, nicer. Be, I know you would. <laughs> and so I, I think for me, I just like limiting what God can or can't do is problematic to me uh, that God could have the ability for no one to be in hell or if there is a hell it's empty yeah. right and like so I, I'm gonna allow do I believe in evil sure that's a whole other question well wait wait I... actually can I stop you there because I okay. think that is why I was confused by your would be answer because to me take hell out of it but the devil part if I don't believe in the devil can I be a Christian to me the devil is a representative of or maybe the author of evil mm. and if that's true if there was no devil then ostensibly there would be no evil. And I think both of us would agree that the reason why we need a savior is because there's a problem. The mm. problem is evil. Sometimes we use the word sin, but that's part of evil. Sure. So that's where I got it's, kind it's, of thrown. I, I know it's like minutia, but like evil, does there, does there need to be a personified version of evil gotcha. for us to like believe in evil? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I have to go. Okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if I go fully there. Like obviously, like Jesus was tempted uh, by Satan. We see that image. But does yeah. is was it the writer's understanding of what that was, or was there like a, a guy with red little horns and the? Oh, now we like, know that. Hey, that's a medieval depiction. Well. But it sounds like if the question had been phrased, 
if I don't believe in any sort of evil, can I be a Christian? We mm. might have answered similarly. Okay. Okay. Right? Sure. Because both of us feel like we have to be saved from something, rescued from something. Yeah. Yeah, so I maybe, So maybe that's the clarification is that I would put all of those in the same category. Hell, Satan, evil. Whereas you're like, okay, well, maybe that's not exactly. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it's not the deal breaker for my my, my faith. Yeah. And there is that whole deal in seminary where they teach you that Gehenna is just a trash dump that was on fire yeah. outside of Jerusalem. Judas took his life. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, but anyway. anyway yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there's so a little we, snapshot. Did, oh, did there we, you go. Did we solve only the greatest theological question of the day? Uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, good. Well, well, so, there we go. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was a person who said no right away just because because even if hell is empty, it still exists. So I was I was taking mm. a, a very literal approach to that. Like a esoteric yeah. way to say Like, what does that even mean? Well, I... Anyway, but we don't have time now. I, I don't know. But. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just. The, obviously, I'm the snarky old man in this conversation who's happy to like take the Rob Bell's of the world and just throw them off a cliff or I something. I saw Rob you Bell. Heretic, the heretic, heretic, heretic. Do that. I saw Rob Bell last night here in what? Houston. What? I know. Cool. Oh, how much did those? T- how much do those tickets cost? Because I can tell you what a speaking fee is. I bet. Ooh. Ooh, I didn't go there, did I? Why don't we get back to what we love and hate about Christianity? Let's do it. <laughs> That's one of the things I hate are exorbitant speaking fees for uh, Christian I'm, authors. I know. Anyway, but you know what? I'm also a capitalist, so hey, man, if he can make the money, That's I can't blame him. Okay, what do we love and hate about Christianity? Do okay. I have to answer this too, or just you two? Yeah, well, if time permits, Okay, sure. you two go first. Uh, I don't know if I'd say hate, but dislike. What I dislike about Christianity is having to give up my sleep on Sunday mornings, oh. y'all. Oh, come on. No, I'm, but I'm serious. Like... Or just the the fact that there's some rigor, there's some discipline required, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. And uh, it just so happens that most of that discipline happens on Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. and I really love to sleep. Y'all have no idea. Mm. Um, so that's what I dislike about Christ- being a Christian or Christianity. Uh, but what I love about it, I mean, there's lots of things. Um, uh, for those of you listening who know kind of recently, there's been a lot of turmoil in my just personal life and family life. There's just been a lot of crap. Um coming from kind of every direction. And I have found that even in moments of sheer anxiety and stress and not understanding what's going on, there has been this kind of undercurrent of hope or peace, or dare I maybe even say joy, even in those moments that are like, crap, what's this going to be like? Or I've just gone on another bad date or people are sick or people are grumpy or mean or whatever the thing is. Um, there is this uh, abiding, that's kind of a christian word, but hope that I have because of my relationship with Jesus. And and I love that. And I don't know that I could survive without that. The heartbreak that I've endured, I don't know that it would have been the same if I hadn't known that there was someone out there that, you know, mm. was kind of holding all of this in his hands and knows more than I do and all that. So that's mine. What about you, Michael? Those are good. Those are good. Thank you, Sarah. Um, my mind goes first to the thing I struggle with are when uh, a Christian says, I know all I need to know about Jesus mm. or I kn- I've, I, I know, I know what God is thinking. And unfortunately, <laughs> like I, say my God, that's my favorite. My like, God, my God, my says, God is it, an awesome God. God um, <laughs> right. There's this idea sometimes in Christian faith that I've, that we've, you've reached the, the finish line uh, uh, yeah. in the faith. And, for me, uh, faith is so much of a more of a journey than it is um, 
a start and stop mm-hmm. uh, um, or like a get on the train and get off the train kind of piece that there it's, you know, we're always going, we're always moving. So that's, that's my, that's probably where, where, where people I struggle with Christian, the Christian faith is when it just stops. Um, my, my heart, the, my, the love of the Christian faith is the way it persists and goes beyond us. Right. I did a funeral for a 13 year old boy oh. uh, about a month ago and I, watched and witnessed the way that somehow in the midst of such tragedy that peace could pass our understanding and and that we couldn't even fathom the 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 emotional depth and the brokenness of this family they still said in some way when i was in that sanctuary i was able to witness the love of god through the people that were around me and so faith is never to be done alone and i think when we do faith and we do it with one another, there's nothing like it. There's, yeah. there's nothing you can buy or manufacture that can beat it. Um, well said. So, yep. That's awesome. Well. Very well said. And we are out of time, just in time for me. Great. Well, thank you all very much. Michael Jarbo, pastor at Memorial Drive Methodist Church, Sarah Stone, outreach coordinator. Good enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church. Uh, you'll, you'll be hearing uh, more from both of these, uh, these two fine people in the future. But thanks very much for joining us. It's been our pleasure to be with you today at Theology on Air. And remember, here at Theology on Air, we do encourage you to question freely, think deeply, and disagree as needed. See you next week.